Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, yea, Greetings this Lord's Day on this Christmas Day. We are here today to celebrate the name of the baby in the manger who has become King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Can we say praise be to God? Praise be to God. Honestly, the thought of having uh, church on a Christmas Day at a different time in my life seems such a strange thing to do. It was always a high holy day for my family. It was a day that our family did certain things and went certain places. And at this time in my life, I can't really think of anything that makes more sense than to be gathered together on the Lord's Day on Christmas Day, celebrating the birth of our Lord. We live in a, uh, in a country that is amazing and wonderful and we should be thankful for it, but it has become more and more secular to the point where when uh, nothing stops anymore. Nothing stops for a Sunday, nothing stops for any day, but on Christmas Day, they all stop pretty much. Uh, Things that are normally open will not be open. You will not have all the comforts that you normally have 24-7. There will be actual closings of things today on Christmas Day. But today we are here in the house of God, which will remain open on Sundays and on Christmas Days to celebrate the birth of our Lord. to do something a little bit different and uh, I pray that this works out well Um, I am a preacher um, but I was afraid if I started preaching I might not stop and I know that we were wanting to try to have an abbreviated sermon today or service today Um, and so we'll see what happens and uh, if your turkey's burning and you got to leave then uh, I won't be I won't be I won't be mad but let's pray and let's ask God to be with us. You know, we come together before the Lord every Sunday longing to hear the voice of God. Amen? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And, and they come. And so we're here not, you know, not to be entertained and, and not really just to see our friends and family or to, to love each other in a sense. But we are here to hear from Him today. And I pray that as we, uh, as we go through... The story of Christ as told in all the Gospels. I went through 
and blended all of the things from uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all together into one narrative, and I'm going to try to share that with you. It's quite a bit, uh, so we'll see if I end up having to move it along. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for giving us so much more than we need. Lord, you could have just saved us, but you gave us more than that. Not only have you given us forgiven of sins today, but you've given us life more abundantly. Lord, we do not have your hand to hold or uh, we can't see your face as you walk in our midst as you did the disciples. But Lord, you've given us many hands here to hold, many necks to hug and, and, and shoulders to squeeze. Lord, as we spend time together, we know indeed that the body of Christ, Lord, that as we touch one another and love one another, Lord, then we are loving you. What a great gift you've given us in one another today. And I pray today as we remember the time of your birth, that we would remember the miracle that we still have today as you live in us, as your church was born on Pentecost. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. The gospel writers have told us a great deal about the birth of Jesus. And let us listen today and pray that the Lord would speak to us and that the story of his nativity would come to life for us. You see, the story of Jesus does not begin in first century uh, Jerusalem or in first century Bethlehem. But it begins, as John tells us, John the Beloved, Jesus' very closest friend, the one who leaned upon the breast of Christ at the Last Supper, the one who did not abandon Christ in His crucifixion and the shame of His arrest. He is his very, was His very best earthly friend. In fact, the disciples even argued about it when Jesus was saying something about Him that sounded to the disciples as if John would never die. And he said to them, he said, what is it to you if I say he never dies? He loved John. And John, as we know, was called many things, but he loved to be called the beloved. And he referred to himself in the Gospels as the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's what I want. That's what I'm going for, Steve. How about you? I want to be the disciple whom Jesus loved. John tells us this. Everybody say, in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness could not put it out. Everybody say, Jesus, the light of the world. Oh, here I go. I'm trying not to preach, and I'm preaching. All right. He's the light of the world. He's the reason we're here today and the reason why we are not sitting in darkness. You see, when, they, when God said, let there be light, it was Christ that lit the world. There was before there was a sun, before there was a moon and a universe and all that was around us all, there was the light of the Lord. The Bible tells us in verse 9 of John chapter 1 that that was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. He was in the world though when he came in the world was made by him, but it did not know him. He came into his own, the Jewish people, Israel, but they did not receive him. But can we say thanks be to God that our people received him? Can we say it again? Thanks be to God. God. That as many as did receive him, 
To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even them that believe on His name. People of God, that's you and that's me. These were, as it says in verse 13, born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You see, our being born again is not because you're born in the right family. It's not because you were born in the right part of the world. It is not because you were smart enough when you heard the gospel. It's not because you were clever enough to understand it. The Bible says we were born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, not even your own will, but you were born by the will of God. You see, he liveth and abideth forever. And he that began the good work in you, who started it out, is able to complete it to the very end. Can we say thanks be to God? And in verse 14, it's what we're all here about in John chapter 1. It says, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now how did this come to be and how did it come to pass? Matthew tells us, he starts the story in the human flesh. He, the tax collector, called out of darkness into the marvelous light of God as he wrote about Jesus as one of his disciples, the king, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Chapter 1, verse 1 of his book says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of God, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Matthew lists the bloodline of Jesus from Abraham to King David and from King David to Joseph the carpenter who was espoused to marry the mother of our Lord. Abraham begat Isaac, Isaac begat Jacob, Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. On and on it goes from Matthew chapter 1, giving us the list of the exact names. You see, it wasn't just some man popped out of uh, nowhere, attached to nothing, and wasn't rooted in anything. As God had promised Abraham, on thee, your descendants shall number the, the sand of the sea and the stars of the heaven. When he said that this blessing that I've given you is for your children and your children's children, this promise to Abraham is being fulfilled right here. He was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God, and that city is the people of God today. It wasn't Jerusalem, which was a nice place. It wasn't even the promised land of Canaan, but it is the people of God, the city on a hill that cannot be hid, the light that shatters the darkness. Amen? Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, and her that had been the wife of Uriah. On it goes, name after name, 42 generations. It's not like there was any obscurity to it all. We know who his father was, and his father was, and his father was, and his grandfather, and his great-grandfather. On for 42 generations of history. As Jesus said, these things were not done in a corner. This wasn't something that happened that the world just says, oh, some guy appeared and next thing you know, angels are giving him written text in a cave somewhere. We know who his generations are for 42 generations of human history. Have them deny the reality of the real man, Jesus Christ. His genealogy is undisputable. Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Matthew's generation, uh, his genealogy is talking about the genealogy of Joseph. So all the generations for Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David unto the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations more. And from the carrying away to Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Luke begins his story in another place. As Matthew had given us the genealogy of Joseph... Here we have uh, Luke giving us the genealogy of Mary. 
but not necessarily her genealogy, more her story. Luke was perhaps a Hellenistic Jew or maybe even just a flat-out Gentile. We're not exactly sure what he was, but he was certainly Greek. And he was a disciple of Paul. Some say he may have been among the 70. Uh, He was a medical doctor. Uh, He was a historian. And he introduces us to the family of Mary. He starts first with her cousin Elizabeth, uh, the mother of John the Baptist. John was God's forerunner, of course, for Christ, as Luke tells us. Verse 5 of Luke chapter 1 says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest by the name of Zacharias, of the course of Abia, and his wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Everybody say, Elizabeth. You see, the story of Christ is not a misogynistic story of men, but it is a story of women as well. We understand that man is not without the woman, and neither is the woman without the man. And so God honors women in the story in a way that no other religion of the world honors them. It's always a story about wise men and their teachers and other wise men. But you see, the story of Christ is about a woman named Elizabeth. It's about another woman named Mary. It's about their longing to have children and their desire to live righteous and godly lives. You see, Christ raised women from the value that they have or the valuelessness they had in our world and exalted them to a place in the world where women could never have been in their weakness without Christ. It says both were they were both righteous, both uh, <clears throat> Elizabeth and her husband Zacharias. They were righteous before the Lord, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. As you see the beginning of the story of John the Baptist, you see the beginning of so many great stories of the Bible. You know how that Abraham's wife Sarah was barren and how many other great as like the mother of Samuel were barren because God teaches us a principle that in our need and in our barrenness is where God does his most. You see, God doesn't despise our weakness. He doesn't look down at you and say, oh, it's just Kenny, the guy who works at the post office, the guy who lives in a town uh, that's named after another town somewhere that we don't even remember. Uh, Maybe it's Pennsylvania Grove City or maybe it's Ohio. He's nobody. No, you see, the Bible looks at us and he understands that in our weakness and and in all of our uh, unimportance that God is the most glorious thing. And in our weakness, God brings forth great things. And so out of this, this uh, little child, out of this barren womb, God began to do a great thing. It came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense. And when he went into the temple of the Lord, the whole multitude of the people were praying out at the time of incense. Can you imagine this time? He hasn't quit. He hasn't gotten discouraged. He hasn't said, God, why me? Why don't I have a son? Why don't I have a child? He's there. He's doing his duty. The families are obeying their commandments. And you know what? That's what God requires of us to do, to walk justly, to obey God and the commands. Who knows that one day while we're just doing what it is that we're supposed to do, while we're just fulfilling our normal role, God will come in and interject himself into our life in a way that people will talk about for thousands of years. There appeared unto him an angel, the Lord standing on the right side of the altar. And when Zacharias saw it, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. He wasn't expecting it at all. The angel said, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. 
even from his mother's womb. And many children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. God. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. You see, that's what it will take now as God's kingdom comes and his will is done on the earth today. It's not something that's going to have it happen just in a big crusade service. It's not something that's going to happen in some mighty way when we get a Christian president or whatever happens. It'll happen when people begin to love their children and God turns the hearts of those fathers to their children when they begin to love them and teach them and teach them the, the commandments of God and show forth a, a, a faithful example. This is what Zacharias did. Zacharias said, whereby shall I know it? For I'm an old man and my wife is stricken in years. And the angel answered and said, I am Gabriel that stands in the presence of God. And I'm sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. He said, behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. This should give you hope. God's going to do something amazing in your life and you might not even believe it, but guess what? It's going to happen anyway. And when you don't believe it, all God might do is just shut your mouth and still give you the sun. Wouldn't that be good? God's going to do a good thing in your life and you may not believe it at all, but it's not going to stop it. Not one single bit. The people waited for Zacharias. He marveled and he tarried in the temple. When he came out, he couldn't speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he beckoned to them and he remained speechless. You see, he didn't even have to preach. And it came to pass, as soon as the days of administration were accomplished, he departed to his house. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And she hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked upon me to take away my reproach among women. You see, in those days, if you couldn't have a baby... It was a reproachful thing. Why? Because they were waiting for the hope of the Messiah. And they wanted to be the one. And here she was. Okay, I don't get to take part. I'm not going to be a part of this. You know, you may be here today and things haven't happened in your life the way you think they should. But this woman was an old woman and God said, you know, you might thought that I was done with you. You might have thought that all your prayers haven't been heard, but, but they have been heard. And they've been heard for such a time as this. You see, Luke... 126 says in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. You see, she had no idea as God was answering her prayer that he was answering the prayer of the whole wide world, that her son John would grow up to be the one to tell the glad tidings of the coming of the Christ child. And this, this wasn't just any woman. This was her cousin. Isn't that amazing how God does things? Here she was, she had no idea, Mary had no idea, she thought her life was going to begin, that she was going to be married, and she was going to marry this fine fellow named Joseph, and she had no idea what God was already doing in her cousin Elizabeth. In the sixth month, the angel came there, the virgin's name was Mary, everybody say Mary. Mary the little girl. Come on, guys. No great religions in the world have stories about little girls that God comes and visits and changes their life. The angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when he saw him, she was troubled at a saying, and she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this could be. The angel said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I don't exactly understand these words exactly, but it says that she found favor. Those of you young girls out there who are taking pains to live righteous lives, who want to obey the Lord, who want to remain pure before the Lord in so many ways and honor the Lord, 
God is watching you and he is looking at you and you indeed may find favor with him one day that he might call you to be the wife of a great man of God or the mother of a child that would grow up to to change the world or maybe you yourself will be used in some mighty way through your faithful work of God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and it shall call his name Jesus. God declared that a young little girl was going to hear the name of the Son of God before any other person on earth. Wow. That's an amazing thing. Little Allie, you played Mary a few years back, did you not? Could you imagine if God picked you out and chose you to be the first one to know the precious name of the Son of God? Thou shalt call His name Jesus. And it's an amazing thing that... Mary was going to pick the name. She had to know what the name was going to be, of course. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Highest. Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Can you imagine what was going on in this little girl's mind? He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said, how shall it be? Because I'm not even married yet. I don't even have a husband. The angel said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I can't even imagine what this would like. He says something here we say often, but I don't think it ever meant any more than it ever meant to this young girl. For with God, an angel said these words, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Can you imagine being in her place, uh, Sarah and Abby, where God is saying, listen, I'm going to give you a child and it's possible that people are going to look at you with shame and they're going to ridicule you and, and you're going to be thought of because they, they weren't here when I came. Could you imagine accepting this task from God? Sometimes God asks us to do jobs that people don't understand, that people can't comprehend, that people look at with shame and disgust and they don't understand and they look at you and despise you in it. But you know what? People of God, we are used however God wants to use us. We say, God, use me. If it is for your glory or for my shame, it doesn't matter what it is, oh God, I put myself forward to you. Use me however you would like. And she arose and she went into the hill country with haste into the city of Judea and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. It came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, God is telling us here another thing that we should keep in mind today, that children in the womb are indeed children. That this baby John had enough presence of mind. He was already filled with the Holy Ghost. There are people that say children don't have these things until they're born. Children aren't really alive until they breathe. But I'm telling you right now, he was, she was breathing. He was leaping. He was jumping. He was excited already in the womb. And he recognized that there was already a baby in the womb of Mary. She spake with a loud voice. She said, oh, blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Something inside of her. Here we have two women who know everything, who know what God is doing in the whole world doesn't know. And whence is this time to me, the mother of my Lord should come. You see, she's filled with the Holy Ghost and she's prophesying. She doesn't even know what she's saying, Steve. She has no idea. There are times that you will speak to people if you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Your words that come out of your mouth, they will ponder in their mind. They'll say, what does he know about me? 
I mean, did he really know that already about me? Sometimes you hear me preach and sometimes you're going, I think he's after me. I think he knows what's going on at my house. And I'll tell you, I have no idea. But every one of us who are filled by the Holy Ghost, when we open our mouths, the word of God is liable to just come right out and prick the heart of those that don't believe or, or try the minds and the hearts of those who do. For lo, as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And she began to speak. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. It may not be the place of a woman to stand in a pulpit, but it is always the place of a woman to magnify the Lord. Amen? To sing and to praise and to be excited. Mary wasn't shy. Oh, well, I'm a woman. I probably shouldn't say anything about, uh, you know, God or I shouldn't, you know, try to presume I know anything. Folks, she just started into a tirade of excitement and of joy. She was a whirlwind of praise. Oh, my spirit rejoice in God, my Savior. He hath regarded the lowest state of the hand, my handmaid. For behold, from henceforth that all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things and is holy. His name is holy. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. She understood that God had come to Elizabeth and that God had come to her. And she understood that generationally God blesses as we do today. And that's why we bring our children to the Lord. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich. He has set it the empty way. He hath helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He had spake to our fathers and to Abraham and to thy seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Could you imagine those three months, honey? Three months of Jesus in her womb and John in her womb. And, you know, it doesn't tell us that the babes leaped anymore, but I bet they did. I bet there was all kinds of praise and exaltation and excitement and glory that was going on. Two women pregnant together, related, spending time together, dreaming of what God was going to do. But now enters the story of Matthew about Joseph. You see, we've given him his generation, but now we're going to hear his story. And men, if God calls on you to be like Joseph, he's calling on you for a stout task. It says in Matthew that when his Mother Mary was espoused, when Jesus' mother was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. See, Joseph didn't understand that it was the Holy Ghost. He just said she was found with child. Could, can, you, can you young men imagine? You're about to get married. You're, the engagement, the, the flowers have been ordered. The church has been rented out. I got my best suit on. I'm ready to come and marry you. And you find out that she's pregnant. Joseph was in a spot. Joseph being a just man. Everybody say he was a just man. You know, when Kyle was here the other day and he preached about this, it it greatly touched my heart. You see, what a just man would do, he wouldn't drag her out to the church and stand her up and make her confess her sins and treat her like dirt. What what does a just man do here? He's going to take care of the situation. You see, what does love do? Love covers a multitude of... And see, he didn't know that what she was carrying was the most holy thing that had ever been carried in a womb and that she was as, she had found favor and she was righteous and pious and godly. She, he didn't understand all that, but he was just. You see, 
What we do isn't dependent on what other people do. We're to act godly and to be just and to live holy no matter what they do. And when they treat us bad or when they disappoint us or when they let us down, we're to, we're to try to cover their sin and we're to try to love them. We're to try to forgive them. If you see someone in sin, the Bible doesn't say tell everyone about it. It says just tell them. Come to them pleading for their soul. He was a just man. He was not willing to make a public example of her. He was minded to take care of the situation privately. But while he thought on these things, trying to decide what a wise and a just man would do, behold, the angel appeared. Aren't we glad that God shows up when we're about to make a bad decision? He's about to put her away. He's about to deal with her bad situation privately. And God says, well, let me just give you some insight into what's going on. He thought on these things. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary, thy wife, for that which conceived of her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now God's including Joseph. You see, nobody ever calls Joseph the father of Jesus. But he played a role here. He didn't get a lot of glory out of it, but he was a righteous man. Gives him his name. God honors him by giving him the name of the baby as well. He shall serve his people from their sins. Imagine Mary and Joseph getting together and says, what do you think we should name it? And at the same time, they both say, Jesus. (laughs) Behold, the prophet said this, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel had said, and the Lord had bidden him and he took his wife and he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. Now Elizabeth full time came that she should be delivered and she's got John in her womb and she brought forth a son. The neighbors and her cousins heard how they showed great mercy upon her and they rejoiced. And it came to pass that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they called him Zacharias after his father. And his mother answered and said, not so, he shall be called John. And they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how that he would have him called And he asked for a writing table and he wrote saying his name is John and they all marveled and his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake and he praised God. Fear came on all them that dwelt round about and these sayings were noised abroad throughout the hill country of Judea and all that heard them laid upon their hearts saying what manner of child shall this be that the hand of the Lord was with him and his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say filled with the Holy Ghost. And he prophesied saying. Zacharias should be like every one of us. We should long to be filled with the Holy Ghost and out of our mouth should come rivers. Everybody say rivers. Rivers Rivers of living water. And he said this. He said, oh, blessed be the God of Israel. He had visited and redeemed his people. Who does he sound like? He sounds just like Mary. You see, he knows exactly what this means. He said he hath raised the horn of salvation for us and the house of his servant David. He spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets and have since the world began. That we should be saved from our enemies and from the hands of them that hate us. To perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. The oath which he sware to our father Abraham. You see, he knew his Bible. And he knew there were promises from God. And he counted on those promises and he remembered. He said, oh, wait a minute. I thought David, hey, you know... They said David's throne will be established forever. Do you know 42 generations down the line? I am David's relative. Well, not 42, halfway. 
20-some generations away, David was, I was in his family line, and God's answering his promise. And you know what? God's answering the promise of Abraham 42 generations back. In holiness and righteousness, we will serve him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, but thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. Through the tender mercy of God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them the sin and darkness and the shadow of death to guide their feet. You see where he's quoting from Isaiah? This man knows his Bible and he loves his Bible and he's been waiting. And he says, everything, can you imagine this? Everything that has been promised to the people of Israel for 4,000 years is about to come to pass in my house. Luke chapter 2, and it came to pass. Everybody say, it came to pass. Then there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, even to his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Can you see where Bethlehem's coming into this? Whose city is Bethlehem? It's David. They're wanting to make it be known and they're wanting to let us know that this is, this is the, the throne that David said would be established. That God had told David would be established. He was going to be taxed with Mary, his spouse, wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And you can say it if you know it. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Come on angels, you ready? And saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told of them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Everybody say, and then in eight days... See a pattern? Elizabeth and Zechariah, when eight days were accomplished, what were they going to do with their baby? Circumcise and take him to the temple. What happens when Jesus is eight days old? They're going to take him and do the same thing. Folks, we bring our children to the Lord. They belong to Him. They are holy. Amen? The Bible says that our children are holy because they are our children. That even if there is only one believer in the couple... That the child is holy unto the Lord. And we bring them not to make them holy. We don't come to the waters of baptism and somehow make them holy. We come because they are. 
Because the promise is not only unto us, it's a greater promise than that. It's not just a willy-nilly, anybody, whatever. It is God's people from generation to generation. He calls us and He keeps us. When the days were accomplished to circumcising the child, His name was to be called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before He was conceived of the womb. Wouldn't it be nice if we named our children when we baptized them? Wouldn't that be something else? And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Everybody say holy to the Lord. To offer sacrifice according to that which is of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and of two young pigeons. Now you, you might be wondering, why am I going on? I'm going on because you see the story of his birth didn't end right here. There were some people that had waited their whole lives. People that were there doing their duty day in and day out. And God is speaking to you today. People that are trying to serve the Lord to faithfully change diapers and feed babies and raise children and do your job and give to your church. God is telling you that Christ is coming even to where you are. Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and and the same was a just and devout. Say just and devout. We do a lot of talking about we're sinners. And we are, every one of us, but every one of us should strive every day of our lives to be as just and devout as we can in every way. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God speaks to his people. He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child to do for him after the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God. Could you imagine? God, I don't know who this man is. I can't wait to see him in heaven. And he goes, you won't believe what happened. He said, when I saw him, I grabbed that baby. And I, I, he may have even thrown him. I don't even know what he did, but he got excited. It says he took him up in his arms. Could you imagine? He's an old man. And he's, he's saying, God had told me, I'm, I know people have been making fun of me. But I know God, and He spoke to me all my life, and He's led me, and He hasn't let me down. And I've been just and devout, and I've been serving Him. And God spoke to me, and He said, that baby's going to come through my door one day. And there He is, and He grabbed that baby, and He's like, oh, I can die a happy man. Lord, now let my servant die. (laughs) Lord, kill me now. Everything I ever wanted and everything I ever dreamed of has come. Let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of thy people. A light to lighten the Gentiles, the glory of the people of Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed him and said, Mary, his mother, behold, the child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel. And a sign for them which shall be spoken. Yes, a sword shall pierce through his own thy own soul that thy thoughts of many hearts may be revealed in the same way that mary yes had the joy in the answer of all of israel she also had to, had to have a calling of pain beyond your comprehension and there are many of you who have children here that you will be pierced through as things as god works in them his works as they take up their cross and they follow him and as they suffer difficulty that they will indeed, the Bible says, that yea, all those that are godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. As much as she was happy today, this would magnify her sorrow when she saw the, them whip him and beat him and put him on a cross and, and stick a, a sword through his side. The Bible says it would be as though it pierced her very soul. There was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. 
and was a great age, and she lived with her husband 70 years from the time from her virginity. She was a widow about four score and four years, and she departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings, prayers, night and day. Kind of brings us full circle, doesn't it? And here we have a woman serving the Lord night and day, faithful, righteous, godly. She came in, and she, she was as happy as Zacharias was. She came in the instant and gave thanks unto the Lord, and she spake to all them that looked for the redemption of Jerusalem. Anna saw it, and she knew what it was. And when they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city of Nazareth, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and grace was upon him. I'm going to end it here. We could go on to the Magi, but the Magi visited Christ a few years when he was yet a young, he was a young child. We're not sure if they met with him in Bethlehem or even if it was in Nazareth at his home. We know that they came and they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to him. We knew that they recognized him and he was a picture of really of us. We're not Jews. It was the Gentiles waiting, recognizing and coming to the Messiah. They didn't need John the Baptist. They came on their own. They saw a star. They had been reading and studying the word of God since Daniel had brought it to them. That's who the Magi were. They were those that Daniel had taught the word of God, who held it precious, who looked for the signs of his coming, who read the word of God and waited for the coming of Christ. And here the children of Israel were blinded by the whole thing. Let us as the church of Jesus Christ not be caught off guard. Let us know the word of God and wait for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. May as we see it come, may we rejoice as they rejoice in those days. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet today? Why don't we sing joy to the world? 40? Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.